this morning. My name is David Walker. If you're watching online with us this morning, it's so glad that you're tuned in with us. Thank you all for trusting us with your time and attention. This morning, things are kind of set up a little bit different, right? We've got the table here in front of us. We've got communion stations all throughout. They're gonna be passed out. If you haven't already, make sure you grab one of, your, uh, one of the elements as well, the communion elements. Uh, but this morning, this is also the first Sunday of Advent. And I don't know about you, but when I grew up in church, I, I heard the word Advent, but I never really paid attention to what that word meant or what the season was about. But Advent simply means this, arrival. And it is the arrival that the church has remembered and contemplated and pondered for centuries. The arrival of the Messiah, Jesus, and also the second return of the Messiah. And here we are in this first Sunday of Advent where we get an opportunity to take communion together to take the Lord's Supper. And so this morning, I wanna invite you to prepare your heart and you can prepare your heart by just simply asking the Lord to search it and simply uh, being open to what the Lord wants to do and what wants to speak to you um, through, through this time of, of worship and, and reflection. Here at Crosspoint, you guys know this, but we exist to point people to Jesus and inspire them to live the cross-shaped life. And what is the cross-shaped life? Well, it's defined in four ways. It's defined through worship, which is what we're doing now. It's defined through discipleship, through following Jesus in our everyday life. It's defined through serving. Like, how do we love our neighbor? How are we serving one another? Not just in the church, but outside the church. And then the last one is living sent. How are we living sin? This is the cross-shaped life. We believe that this is the, the holistic formation of what it looks like to follow Jesus well. I wanna ask you guys a question this morning. What does waiting look like for you? You guys can have a seat for just a minute. What does waiting look like? I think about waiting um, for my four kids. We go to Disney World. Um, well, we go to Disney World probably once or twice in a lifetime. We take out a second mortgage and then we go to Disney World. But when we're at Disney World, we are at the Magic Kingdom. And at the end of the day, on the Magic Kingdom Day, everyone comes to the center of the Magic Kingdom. And it is like a free-for-all. It is chaotic. Everyone is sitting on the streets, on the grass, behind trees, under trees, climbing trees, all these things. And it's this anticipation for this fireworks show. I don't know if you've been or seen the fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom, but it's pretty phenomenal. But we wait for hours and waiting for my four kids looks like them screaming, saying, Daddy, I'm tired. Daddy, will you hold me? Will you put me on your shoulders? My, my little one is losing it, wanting to eat, wanting to go to a store somewhere and come back to our place. But we can't do that because we've already found our place and everyone is crowded around us. Waiting seems like chaos often. And here we are at the Magic Kingdom and we see this fireworks show and we wait hours for 15 minutes. A 15 minute reward that we waited hours for. And I think often as we follow Jesus, we have this mentality that we wanna see the big fireworks, we wanna see the big show, and if we don't see the big show, then we kinda get 
frustrated and we try to find the next big fireworks show. But Jesus, when we consider the arrival of, of him becoming Emmanuel, God with us, he didn't come with a fireworks show. He didn't come in a triumphant, big, you know, full of armor, big crown on his head. He came as a little baby. And, you know, when we think about the show, when we think about the fireworks, um, I would argue that it's the antithesis of the presence of Christ in our life. Jesus didn't come to show us a bunch of fireworks. In 1 John it says that he became the Word, the Word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And he chose to come as a little baby. And so this morning, I want to light this candle um, for Advent. And there's no magic in the candle. <laughs> there's no magic in the flame. But so I light this candle. just as much power in that one flame than there is in a bunch of fireworks. It takes just one flame. And so this morning, this candle is just a symbol, just like a cross is, is a symbol, or the bread and the wine up here is a symbol. The, the candle is a symbol of God's presence here among us. To centering, to know that it sustains, that God sustains our coming and our going, our breath in and out. And so this morning, I invite you to just worship and to recenter around His presence. Came sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing, love so Jesus Messiah, the name above all names, blessed
just bless the Lord in this place? Yeah. You can have a seat. Well, good morning. My name is Riley Lester. I'm the high school pastor here, and it's my um, privilege this morning to walk us through the Lord's Supper. See, a few days ago, we just celebrated a holiday called Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think about a holiday that kind of revolves around a table, right? You know, a table that is just full of food. Maybe your table looked like this. You know, a table that is full of just, you have your turkey there, you got your pecan pie. I think that's squash or sweet potatoes or something, okay? But a table is surrounded by food. Well, maybe this year your table looked a little different. Maybe your table wasn't as full as it was in years past because of the season of life we are in. But nonetheless, no matter what it looked like, the table was still set. And you got down and you sat and you ate your your food. Maybe some of you, I remember having a kid's table back in the day. You know, where me and my cousins, my siblings sat and you had the adult table and we always wanted to sit there because they seemed to have more food and had got to have sweets before we did. And so very quickly, as we begin to take the Lord's Supper, I want to talk about three different tables that we find ourselves at in life. And the first table is the table of consumption. 
You see, I don't know about you, but when I, again, I think about this food, I didn't think about my eating habits around Thanksgiving, right? Like, I like to eat pretty healthy. I've been trying to eat healthy the past year and a half or so, take care of my body. Well, this past week was cheat week for me. No matter what I saw, if it was in front of me, I ate it. I didn't really care about the consequences later on that night. Okay, I just knew I had Tums ready in my back pocket for whatever I needed them. But I began to think about all this stuff I was eating and all the junk I was consuming each and every day. The cupcake every single night left over from my sister's wedding. The bluebell ice cream that was always in the freezer because we're from Texas and that's what we do. I began to think about the junk and life that so many of us consume each and every day. And I was reminded and brought to a verse in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And they read this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So many people we know, maybe you're in this room right now, and you go through life and they consume everything that the world puts on their plate. That they're walking along and every single temptation that's thrown in front of them, they consume and they consume and they consume. Again, this is similar to how I felt over Thanksgiving break. Not only do they consume, though, they consume without thinking about the consequences later on. Again, this is similar to me and the pecan pie the night of Thanksgiving along with the leftover wedding cake. I didn't think about the consequences I'd feel later on. Honestly, I didn't care, to be honest with you. I was like, you know what, it's Thanksgiving, I'm gonna be okay. But so many people we know, they go through life consuming the things of the world and not thinking about what will happen later. Whether that be a relationship they know they shouldn't be in. Maybe it's seeking after that promotion that they know if they get it will take them away from their family. Maybe it's buying that new car, that new house that they know will put them and their family in financial struggles for the long foreseeable future. And they don't think about that, they just think about, you know what, if I have this, I'm gonna feel good. If I consume, I consume, I consume, I'm going to feel fulfilled. But you see, we all know that so many of those people as they consume and consume and consume, what happens is the moment they get up from the table of consumption, they feel empty. They realize that everything they took in did not fill them. And so as we move from this season of Thanksgiving into the season of Advent, the coming of the Lord, I wanna move from the table of consumption to now the table of reception. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus gathers his disciples together and he has a meal with them. And in verses 19 through 20, Jesus says this. And he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. 
Jesus in this moment, he invites his disciples to take part in a meal that would last forever. He invites them to partake in a meal that would fulfill them for all of eternity. And what I love about this, not only was he inviting his disciples, but he was inviting you and I as well. He was inviting you and all to this table to receive this blessing. To receive a meal that will leave us no longer feeling empty ever again. Like right now, maybe today you find yourself stuck in the middle of the table of consumption and you can't seem to be filled and you can't seem to get up. And this is solely because that you need to come to the table of reception and receive the gift, receive the body of Christ that he has given to each and every one of us. This morning, I invite you, I urge you, come to the table and receive the gift of Christ's death on the cross. He gave up his body, he gave up his life, his body was broken, his blood was spilled for you and for me so that we could have a relationship with him. Jesus, in this moment in Luke 22, was talking to those who followed him, and he told them to do this in remembrance of him in order to take part in this meal. Again, he's talking to the believers. In order to take part in this, to come to the table of reception, you have to first receive Christ. This meal is for believers. And you receive this gift. Once you receive the gift of Christ, you're then invited to the third table, and that is a table of celebration. Your seat at this table is the one that the Lord has prepared for you in eternity. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are then adopted into his family. Then you now have a seat at the table of the Lord. You see, Thanksgiving this year for a lot of us, it was smaller, strictly just family. Why? Because of COVID and different things like that. And so at my house, it was family. It was myself, my brother, his wife, their daughter, my wife, our son, my parents, my sister, my other sister, and her new husband of four days. And he was invited, why? Because he's part of the family. He had a seat, why? Because he is part of our family. And so Jesus invites us to the table of reception and the table of celebration. We get a seat. And you are invited to this meal forever. For the rest of eternity, you are covered by the body and the blood that was broken and spilled for you. So again, in order to partake in the Lord's Supper this morning, you have to have a seat at the table of celebration. So here's my question for you this morning. Do you have a seat at that table? Are you 100% certain this morning that you have a seat at the table with the Lord? Do you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Parents, do you know with 100% certainty that your kid or your student has a personal, real relationship with the Lord? That that relationship is theirs, not yours. 
Because in order for, for them to partake in this meal, partake in the supper today, they have to have that relationship. In order for any, any person in this room to take this truly in the way the Bible tells us to take it, you must know the Lord as your Savior. So again, to those of us in the room and those of us watching online, have you been living your life seated at the table of consumption and going through life never being fully satisfied? The only thing that will fully satisfy you, the only thing that fully satisfies us is a real personal relationship with Jesus. Romans 10.9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can be certain you have a table or a seat at the table of celebration. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, would you do that now? Would you come to join the Lord at the table of reception and then for all of eternity join believers at the table of celebration? If you would like to do that, if you would like to know for 100% certainty that you have a relationship with Jesus, would you simply pray with me right now? It is not the prayer that saves you, but it is the, the um, attitude of your heart but would you pray something like this? Just say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I confess that I have done wrong in my life. I confess that I've been going through life seated at the table of consumption, trying to fulfill myself with the things of the world. And God, right now, I know that the only thing that will truly satisfy me is a relationship with you. In this moment, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. I confess that to you today. I put my faith and trust in you. Become the Lord of my life and help me follow you the best way I know how. If you're here in this room this morning or maybe you're online and you're watching as well, if you just prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, if you simply would just send this text message, it said text yes to Jesus to the number 56525. Yes, Jesus, 56525. So we can follow up with you and give you more information and follow with that. But now as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, I wanna make one more thing very clear for all of us. You see, the supper is set at a table that is reserved. And that table is reserved for believers, not just believers, but believers with a pure heart. So right now I ask you online here in the room, do you have unconfessed sin in your heart right now? Are there things that you have tried to bury deep down inside of your life that no one knows about that you need to confess to the Lord right now so you can come before the Lord at the table, receive this meal with a pure heart?
Because the Lord tells us in order to truly take this, you must be clean. And so right now, I wanna take a moment, 30 seconds. And if you have unconfessed sin in your life, would you simply cry out to the Lord right now? Come before the Lord, confess those sins so you may take part of the supper with a pure heart. Just take 30 seconds. This morning, and you know that you have a pure heart, you've come before the Lord, you've, you've confessed those sins to the Lord, maybe you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As you got your elements and you came in, if you did not get an element, maybe there's tables set in the room, you can go up and a volunteer will give it to you. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and 24 say this, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. and 26 say this in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me kings, the Lord of lords, the cornerstone of our faith. Let's sing this together, church. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But holy trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. 
righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name Christ alone Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm He is Lord Lord of all over everything you are Lord when darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging in his righteousness and his righteousness alone he that knew no sin became sin Jesus Christ the God of the universe who knew no sin became sin so that we might be called the righteousness of God it's not in our taking it's not in our effort it's not in our own strength or ability or talent it is in the simple 
open posture of receiving what Jesus Christ, he and he alone has done, amen? Jesus Christ, he and he alone, the one that knew no sin, became sin, that we could step into his righteousness and see the kingdom of God in and through our life, through triumph, through tragedy. He is worthy of our praise this morning, church, amen? He's worthy of our praise. Let's sing this, Christ alone. Every voice, let's lift it up. church. My name is Mike. I'm one of the members of the staff here at Crosspoint. And as we enter into our time of offering this morning, I want to go back and look back at what Pastor Riley talked about just a few moments ago, about how often our life is so busy, we have so many things going on that we fail to stop and recognize what our God has done for us. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And sometimes when we come in this place and we think about worship and what that looks like, we can confine worship to just this room, to just them singing and playing, to just you standing and singing to worship. While that is part of worship, it's not all that worship is. Worship is involved with every aspect of your life, including the way that you live, including how you treat people, including how you serve the Lord, how, you, how your prayer life is going, what it looks like for you to open your Bible, to understand the Bible, and to know God more. As Pastor Merritt says each and every week on this platform, how many times you're able to share your faith and let others know about the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so as we get ready to take up our offering this morning, I just wanna encourage you to continue to be faithful in your giving, to give back to God what he's already given you 
as we're just coming off this Thanksgiving week, let's be thankful today for what God has given us. And let's give out of the goodness of our hearts, not for who we are, but for the Jesus that lives inside of us. There's a couple of different ways you can give this morning. Number one, you can go to our website. You can go to crosspointchurch.com slash giving. That's crosspointchurch.com slash giving. You can actually create an account there and set up a recurring gift if you like. The second way you can give is through text. You can text the number on the screen, uh, 678-582-8180, 678-582-8180. If you'll text the amount there and follow the prompts, you can give via text. And you can also give by going to our app. It's the, the My Cross Point app on the App Store by downloading that, going to the Sunday page, then the Give page, and you can give through the app. For those of you that are in person, you can give by going to one of our donation centers in the back of our worship center or in the lobby. So would you pray with me this morning as we give? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that, Lord, you are in control. No matter how crazy our life might seem right now, how upside down it might feel, God, that we can trust you, God. We thank you, Lord, that many years ago you came to this earth, Lord, with one mission, and that was to lay your life down for us. And God, we were forever grateful for that. God, would you use the uh, money that is given today, Lord, the funds, Lord, the time, the effort, and the energy, Lord, would you allow us to use that for the goodness of the gospel, Lord? That we would use that, that money, Lord, to take it to the people that need it most, God, to take it to the people that are in desperate need of a life change that can only be done by you. God, would you bless our church, lead, guide, and direct us. For it's in your name we pray, amen. For the next few moments, I just wanna take a couple of seconds and just share with you of what's been on my heart as of late. And as uh, Pastor David just mentioned a few moments ago, he, he referenced a verse that I wanna read to you. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. I love that verse because it talks about the one Jesus that knew no sin. He had no sin, yet he came to this earth to be treated as if he, as if he sinned, to be treated like a criminal and to die a sinner's death, all so that we might become the righteousness of God. So as we enter into this Christmas season, it's all about Jesus. Christmas is about God who sent his only son to this earth to pay for the sins of of the world. And there's a short, uh, quick story I wanna share with you. A lady named Joni Erickson Tata, she's a Christian author and artist, and uh, she talks about um, this particular story in her life. She had a tragic incident when she was growing up that left her to be bound to a wheelchair. She's a quadriplegic. And she talks about her wedding day some 25 or 30 years ago now. And to think about all the excitement and the, the moments that led up to her wedding day. For those of you that have been in a wedding or you've planned a wedding, you know how stressful this can be. And everything's going well. It gets to her wedding day. It's good. The time has, has, has come. It's six o'clock, whatever time it was, and it started. Bridesmaids started walking in. Groomsmen started walking in. Everything was going well. And at the last moment, as she was in her wheelchair in the back, the most tragic thing happened. She accidentally rolled over her big, beautiful, white wedding dress. And when she rolled over it, she had a big tear in the right side. There was now grease all over the right side over it. She was panicking and in her panic, the flowers that she had planned to carry down in her lap had fallen off and they'd fallen out of their nice little packing. She didn't know what to do. At that point, it was, it was too late to stop and to redo everything. She just had to go with it. 
And it was in that moment as she looks back on this moment in her life that she says those doors swung open. And she said the only thing that mattered in that moment was when I saw my husband-to-be, Ken. I wasn't worried about the rip in my dress, she said. I wasn't worried about the big stain on the right side. I wasn't worried about the flowers that were sitting a little askew on my lap. I wasn't worried about anything other than my groom. And as I read that story a couple weeks ago, I thought to myself, that is the perfect picture of Jesus. Right, I mean, no matter how crazy your 2020 has been, maybe you've lost a loved one due to COVID, maybe you've lost a job, maybe it's just been a flat out terrible year for you. The only thing that matters is when we see Jesus, because when we see Christ, He will be all that matters to us. All of our problems, all of our struggles, all of our trials on this earth pale in comparison to what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so as we enter this Christmas season, as we're getting ready to do in just a few moments, it's all about worshiping Jesus. It's not about the presence. It's not about traveling. It's not about going to see family. It's not about eating a bunch of food, even though all of those things are good. Christmas, this season that we are about to kick off, is all about worshiping the King who came. So what does that mean for us? Maybe you're here in the room today and as as Riley was talking just a moment ago and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we're gonna put that link up on the screen just so you can have one more chance that if if you have never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never made a decision for him, will you just text yes Jesus to 56525? We would love to come alongside you and partner with you and help you understand what it looks like to enter into a relationship with Jesus. But maybe you're a believer in the room Maybe perhaps, you know, you've been a believer for quite some time now, but 2020 has been hard. It has been a trying, a difficult, and quite frankly, just a dry year for you spiritually. Maybe you just felt out of touch. I wanna encourage you over these next few moments to recenter around that which is most important. To think about that visual of those doors opening and seeing our King right before us. I wanna read one more verse of scripture before we continue to worship. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two says this. Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. When we talk about Jesus being at the center of this Christmas season, this is exactly what we are talking about, fixing our eyes on the one who came. I wanna invite you to stand to your feet, to simply just respond to the Lord this morning, to fix your eyes on Jesus, and let's continue to worship our King who came to save us.